If you would, follow with me in the reading of the Holy Word of God, beginning in verse 18 through 21. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dispensation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Lord, thank you for what you've done to encourage my soul through my studies of this. I pray that you will help my brothers and sisters too, that they may understand One, the urgency of the day, but two, how the church as a whole has sort of drifted from what she's been called to and the power that she has to accomplish what you have set out. So, Lord, I would ask this morning that you would teach that we can understand that uh, things in the past are guides for things in the future. So, Father, help us to hear you this morning. Help us to be that unified body. Help us to be a reflection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us do it with all humility. And, Father, help us. Oh, please help us. Be filled with the Spirit of the living God. In Christ's precious name, amen. We started out in this book few years ago and we got to chapter 4 verse 1 and the apostle Paul begs the church in Ephesus to walk worthy okay and so beginning in verse 1 of chapter 4 we're walking through this book and it's it's amazing in my life walking with the king so many Christians know what chapters 4, 5, and 6 are. We know that my wife is supposed to submit and I'm supposed to love my wife. My kids are going to get knocked stupid. That's oh, not exactly how it's written. But uh, you do good work and you do things like this and how we are supposed to do. But many Christians miss what you have practically in your position with Christ. And it isn't that the pastor has it. The elder has it. The deacon has it. Well, you know that the VBS guy has got to have it. It is there for every child of God. And basically what you're doing, and when you look at 4, 5, and 6, you need to look at it and say, okay, this is what a worthy walk looks like. Okay? But I have to find out where I am. How do I do this? And that's what chapters 1, 2, and 3 are. They show you uh, what I call this divine vehicle that we as Christians possess. And I've been sharing this with you. In the first three chapters, I have unlimited horsepower. The end of chapter 3, I have to turn the ignition on. Okay, but for this thing to get it down the road, I have got to be running the right kind of fuel. And that's what verse 18 is. Okay, that's what verse 18 is. So that's how I see the course is laid before me. 
But if I'm going to do this course with the horsepower I've got, I had better be running some divine fuel. Okay, there ain't nothing like having a high. Remember when we, some of you don't remember, but some of you, when we moved from leaded to unleaded and you get this stupid run on, you shut your car off and it said no. And it just make you want to set it on fire. But anyway, I see a lot of Christians who are doing that. So how is a Christian to be unified in the body of Christ, the church, to walk in humility, to walk in unity, to walk in love, to walk in light, to walk in wisdom? How do I pull that off? Well, verse 18, we looked at this. Do not get drunk on wine. Now listen. (laughs) If you think about it, some of you have probably seen someone drunk. Some of you may have been there. Or some of you may have been like me. I was professional. And that is a pretty good look at foolishness. Okay? Here he gives a command, but in the middle of the command is this contrast between, remember, he come out of wisdom, and he says, the first thing he says, don't be drunk. Why? I've never run into a wise drunk. Okay? They just, they seem non-existent. So he gives a contrast, and I've gone through this over the last couple of weeks, that, yes, he's probably talking about social drunks, but he's also talking about theological Because theologically, at the time of the writing of the church in Ephesus, this letter, one of the main themes of worship was intoxication. They believed, and I shared with you, it's Dionysus, and this is the foundation of this way to worship, the mystery of religion, is that you got lit up, and the more lit up you got, the better it was for you to commune with God's. Okay, and then they called it ecstatic enthusiasms. Okay, and it's basically an ecstatic experience would give me enthusiasm. That was normal. It was it carried it was started in the Greek culture and it carried over into the Roman culture. The world has always had false worship, all different kinds, and Paul is telling them, he's telling us that we don't need to worship like that anymore. We don't need that. You're not real wise when you get drunk, when you're intoxicated. And you're definitely not more spiritual. All right? If you look at your text, it says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. That is Satan's lie. Also, soah, okay, it means uncontrolled dissipation. Okay, some of your translations may say in excess. I think King James translates it debauchery. And he says, don't do that under any circumstances. But then he says this, be filled with the Spirit. You know what? It is probably one of the most beautiful and one of the most simple contrasts in all of Holy Scripture. 
we looked at what a walk was, and it's a lifestyle. So what he's saying is, if you're going to walk worthy, you need to walk filled with the Spirit. And if you look at the walk in chapter 4, verse 1, then he's saying, your lifestyle should be Spirit-filled. Okay? How do we live? Remember, verse 18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Remember and the prayer in 16 of chapter 3? You are to be strengthened with power in the inner man. How? With the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. That's how the inner man is strengthened. Listen, you know, I was pondering this. I remember a guy saying this years ago. If verse 18 wasn't in this book, this book could never be fulfilled. And yet I look at some today, and they're trying to do all of it, ignoring verse 18. If this verse is missing, everything else would be legalism. And I've seen this before. I've seen men, I've had men and women come into my office, and they'll look at each other and say, well, she won't submit to me. And she'll look at him and says, he don't love me as Christ loves the church. And gave himself for me. And I look at both of them. The problem is, you both know what the other one's supposed to do instead of what you're supposed to do. You do your part, God will take care of the other. But again, if I'm doing this in my own strength, how's it going to look? I can tell you how it looks. It's awful. (laughs) That's a theological term. Did you know that? Awful. We have this great vehicle that we saw in chapters 1, 2, and 3. We have a course that is set before us in 4, 5, and 6. But if we don't use the right fuel, you're functioning in the flesh. It's basically you've got the fastest car in the world and you're pushing it. Okay? Now, I don't know about you. I've pushed cars before. There's got to be a better way to entertain yourself. Besides it being difficult, you look kind of funny. So he says, be filled. This is the heart of Christianity. Hear what I say. I'm not talking about the heart of the gospel. I'm talking about the heart of Christianity is a spirit-filled life. It's an energy that is the worthy walk. It allows me to do it. All right? You can take in all the information that you want. I've dealt with people before who know more Bible than I'll ever dream. But I know this for a fact. What they got, I don't want. And I pray that it's not contagious. Okay? Because they got the information, and they are knocking themselves out to try to do it. And they are miserable. The key to living the Christian life, the foundation, the bedrock for it is verse 18, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen, you can never walk in humility without being filled with the Spirit. You can never walk in unity without being filled with the Spirit. You can never walk different than the world 
without being filled with the Spirit. You can never walk in light without being filled with the Spirit. You cannot walk in love without being filled with the Spirit. And guess what? You can't walk in wisdom without being filled with the Spirit. Okay? I've heard some wonderful theologians speak, and it was just like somebody taking a gong and going, dunga, 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 because they were reading off of their memory and their notes instead of being filled with the Spirit. Unless you are energized by the Spirit of God, you thought about you ever thought about that? This still just rattles my little pea brain. The life of God in the soul is the only thing that can produce that kind of living. The life of God Himself in the soul of every single believer. Listen, if verse 18 wasn't true, then the lost could live like that. Have you ever seen the lost live in humility? I haven't. I've never seen them really do a very good job with wisdom. Definitely ain't doing anything with light. And we can look around and tell us how great they are with unity, but they don't have the Spirit. The heart of it here is an amazing door opened, and yet it's a tremendous understanding. If we don't obey verse 18, you know what? In the contrast of the context, you're the biggest fool of all. Remember what verse 15 says? Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise men. If you're trying to do, walk with God, walk worthy, and you're doing it without being filled with the Spirit, you're a fool. You're a fool. Someone trying to walk this life in their own ability. Really? I'm thinking not. It's. Let me give you a little illustration of this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and it talks about fruit of the Spirit. Remember? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, such things there is no law. Okay? I remember sitting two pastors ago through some classes on how to do this. It's an interesting concept if you think about it. Okay, you got to first start fruit of the Spirit. First one is love. Okay, get that anchored down, know how you're doing, and then off. Okay, then I move from love, because I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving, and now I've got to be joyful, 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 because I'm loving and loving and loving, and I'm joyful, joyful, joyful. Then, yeah, peace. Peace, 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 peace. I'm at peace, why? Because I got joy and love. Okay? But by the time you get to patience, you forgot love. And then your patience runs thin and kindness, goodness, and faithfulness is gone. And I thought, because this was like a winter class on how to bear fruit of the Spirit. But then in my own studies, I noticed that the word fruit there is singular. 
There's not multiple fruits. There is a fruit of the Spirit. And it is love. If I love as Christ loved me, then I will have joy. I will have peace. I will have patience. I will have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All I have to do is worry about love. But now think what we're looking at in Ephesians. How do I love as Christ without being spirit-filled? See? You guys need to go to the right gas station. Don't get that low-octane stuff. How can someone who is not spirit-filled fulfill the will of God in the flesh? See how... But you know what? We all have tried it. Every single one of us. Some of us really like to try it on a regular basis. And all you are is a big fool. A Christian must do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. He must be filled. She must be filled. Okay. Someone, I've. It's going to take me some time to go through this because I have seen the perversions of this text. Okay. Here in Castle Rock. Okay. That word filled. What's it mean? Okay. I can give you a simple, quick definition. I've told everybody I'm a simple man. I don't like to make things complicated. So I just say it means influence. So I'll be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Well, that doesn't touch it. And the reason is I know for a fact in this town, there is a heck of a lot of confusion on this. What does it mean to be spirit-filled? I see a lot of people, a larger number than what you want to admit to in Castle Rock, believe that it's some kind of divine zap. And poof, I'm spirit-filled. How do I know? Because you're acting goofy. You think I'm kidding? I met the Holy Spirit bartender here in Castle Rock. Because he gets you drunk on the Spirit. How do you know? Well, you act like a drunk. I seen, uh, <laughs> I don't even feel like repeating this, but I seen it here in a church in Castle Rock, the blow belly prophet. Okay. When God created, he had the dirt, he laid it all out there, right? He blew into his nose and Adam was alive. This guy blew into your belly button and he would stir up the spirit in you. And you're sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. You know, I give him credit because there was about 300 people there and he didn't hyperventilate. I'd have passed out. I was like, you know, I got the first row. You guys are on your own. And I thought, you're going to blow into their belly button. And uh, okay. And, you know, and I had some friends that were there, solid biblical friends. Well, one of them was one of the elders in this church. He said, well, I felt something. I said, you know what? He took the first half hour and primed your pump so you were expecting something. 
So when he came, I mean, you guys heard me tell you this. If you go looking for an experience, you will find an experience. I know this. I've been to a Grateful Dead concert. And you expect an experience. And guess what? Woo! You get one. But I don't think it's got anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Some people say that as soon as you start speaking in tongues, it's static babble. The word in tongues in 1 Corinthians is onomatopoeic. You know what that means? It's a noise that sounds like something, like the word boom. Okay? So if you want to go, it's got to be tongues. Didn't I explain to you the worship of Dionysus last week? How did it act? Just like that. Didn't I not use 1 Corinthians as an example? Didn't Paul say, you guys are idiots? That's an NIV translation. If you have a static babble, then you must be speaking in tongues. Or you must be spirit-filled. Then I hear in this town, they will look at you and ask you, have you been filled? I stepped out of a school board that they were asking me to be a part of because a number of the members of the school board had gotten saved and then five, six years down got filled. That's heresy. That's heresy. So how are you... How you know you're filled? But I see him. Have you been filled? Why? Because I want to isolate you and make you different. You are being used by God because you're filled. That's a lie too. You had some ecstatic experience. There's a lot is said about this. And there's a lot of people who believe this, and it's not real. So there's basically two extremes in what is filled. One is this ecstatic experience. You know, I passed out. You know, have you ever heard this statement? Slain by the Spirit? Now listen, I'm not the smartest crayon in the box, but slain doesn't sound like something I want the Spirit to do to me. Okay? Just an idea. But then there's the stoic. I have some friends who are very intellectual. Uh, They do their own private devotions in the original languages. Whether it be the Old Testament, they do it in Hebrew. Whether it's in the New Testament, they do it in the Greek. Maybe a little side order of Aramaic. And you just sit there and go, gosh, maybe I should get saved. But I've understood that when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit with these people, they do not believe it really has a practical impact. It is the knowledge that has the impact. Listen, as gently as I can say, they're both wrong. It's not a zap. 
And it's not a stoic, look how much information I have. Our outline here says there's a command and there are consequences. We are looking at the command and we understand that there is a meaning and there is the means. Be filled is the command that is in contrast to being drunk for some type of communion with some form of deity. Be filled is written as a command. It's contrasted with intoxication, which was common with pagan worship. Okay? Remember in verse 19? Remember what I told you how the music did it? They got lit up. They start dancing and what? Singing. What does the Apostle Paul say in 19? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Why? He's correcting them. Why? Because the pagan religions did this, except they did it intoxicated. Submit to everyone. Wives to your husband. Husband, give self as to Christ. And you don't do that through intoxication. You really believe you can love your wife as Christ loved the church intoxicated? I don't think so. And I know if a woman's drunk, she's not into the submit mode. Okay? It is done with the Spirit of God. And it is way, way, way different. We find our joy... We find our communion, we find our worship being filled with the Spirit of the living God. So basically what you have in that just verse 18 is a contrast between evil and holy. And Paul is telling the Ephesians, as he told the Corinthians, leave the past behind. Now then, I want to give you two little quick illustrations this morning on What is this spirit-filled thing? Okay. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 15. It's an interesting read. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. That's John the Baptist. Okay? Now, everybody would come up to theologians and come up and say, well, you know, he took a Nazarite vow and he'd, you know, run around in camel hair coat eating bugs and honey. Well, he stayed away from alcohol or hard drink. But he was by the Spirit of the Lord. John's internal influence will not be by drinking but by the Spirit of God. Okay? John, what was affecting John's thinking? Spirit of the living God. You've seen it again, and I won't go back and read it, because I'll just tell you about it. Acts chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. Remember that? Holy Spirit came upon the guys in the upper room. Okay? And they began doing what? Speaking in tongues. You know what tongues, true tongues is? Languages. Because he lists them off. Okay? And they were speaking languages they didn't know. 
All right. And remember, they saw him and they said, it's morning. They must be drinking new wine. That's the stuff that just set you free. And they're drinking it early in the morning. And so the Jews were looking at these men speaking languages that they didn't know. And they thought it was another form of pagan religion. And you wonder why they hated Christians. But yet they are languages. They are languages. If you want to know all there is to know about tongues, you'll have to go back in uh, iTunes or something and check out what I taught through 13, 14, 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. But it's a language. I do not have the gift of tongues. I have traveled in several countries, and if I don't have an interpreter, I stand around and smile. Okay? They were filled with the Spirit, Luke tells us in Acts 2. And yet the Jews thought it was another orgy. A neat quote that I found. The foundation of worship in the heart is not emotional. It's theological. Sinclair Ferguson. Paul understood. And I'm sure what happened at Pentecost in the upper room with the disciples and what he saw in his life traveling around the civilized world this was all on his mind. Remember when he ran into the guys in Ephesus and he asked them if they'd been baptized in the Spirit? They said, no, we had John's baptism. Okay? This, to be Spirit-filled, is the demand of us who are saved. It's written in the original language. There's two modes that they will write this in. One is indicative. The other is imperative. Indicative is a statement of fact. Okay. Imperative mode is a command. Which one do you suppose this is written in? Imperative. And if you look at the word there, filled, pelos is the word, and it's in the command then the literal translation is be being kept fulfilled with the Spirit. Being, be being kept filled with the Spirit. It's a constant thing. A command for believers. Listen, this is not optional. This is not a suggestion. You know what? I'm not sure I know of a suggestion God has ever made. He makes commands and he gives facts. So many so-called Christians have never known what it is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Okay? Some Christians, I've noticed who are never really committed to this principle. And and listen, I have seen the corruption in it, please. I don't want to downplay it. I've, I told you about the blow belly guy. I told you about the Holy Spirit bartender. And I mean, if you looked at that, I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with that spirit, dude. Okay, because he's, he's crazy. We 
we all sometimes in our lives fail to fulfill this command for whatever reason. Okay? It's still a command. And it's kind of scary if you think about it. Here's one of the things that I think is, is, is really hurting us. A, a new thing has shown up in the church. And I, I can't tell you when it, it first happened. Okay? But it used to be you're lost or you're saved. Okay? Really wasn't that complicated. Think about it. You're lost or you're saved. But for whatever reason, we've come up with what I call indifferent. All right? And I've actually seen curriculum that teaches this. All right? Um, these are the indifferent. These are the saved that never walk in the light. You realize how absurd that is? But that's what they believe. They're saved, but nothing ever happens. Nothing changes in their lives. All I'm saved. Well, I believe in Jesus. Well, the demons believe in Jesus, and they're afraid. Okay? But nothing, you know, nothing really changed. You can have natural man. You can have spiritual man. But you can also have carnal. I have studied scriptures long enough to know that any time that the New Testament speaks of carnal, that is a lost person. But they, we like to hear, you hear the phrase, you've, I know you've heard it, carnal Christian. You know what that is? That's a person who's going to stand before Jesus and hear Away from me, I never knew you. Now that's going to be a shock. But I've heard this taught. You can be carnal. All that means is that when you get to heaven, you're just going to have a smaller room in the Father's house. I heard a guy explain it one time that way. And I'm sitting there going, so I get to be in the closet? What does that mean? A smaller room. But you know what I've seen? It's a very comfortable place to be. Many who profess Christ like that place. The place of indifference. But let me explain something to you. It's not that way with God. There is no call in the Scriptures anywhere, Old Testament, New Testament, that one needs to be committed. I need to ask God. I need to be committed. Because I want that spirit-filled thing. This is God's people. It's His standard. It is for all of us. We are to be spirit-filled. If it's God's command and you're not spirit-filled, what is that? Disobedience. Disobedience. Listen, do you understand that this is seen? Remember I showed you the gifts of the Spirit? You know what's just before that? Gifts of the flesh. 
Guess what? You've seen those. You've probably practiced them in your past. The Lordship of Christ is not optional. Have you ever heard this? I was walking with Jesus for a number of years and then I went off and became carnal. Then one day I woke up and decided to make him Lord. Let me tell you something. You don't make him Lord. He was Lord before the heavens and the earth. You don't make him Lord. He is Lord. And if he is not ruling your life, guess what? Satan is. The Lordship of Christ is not an option. Listen, I... How long have I been doing this? 26 years? I've been in this church 35. I am not going to pile up people and tell them that they can be a Christian and not do anything. Jesus Christ cost you everything. We have been told that it was saved by grace, and if I try to do something, then that's works. So I'm just going to stand here and act smart. Nope. You've been bought and paid for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are now a slave to righteousness. And I ain't letting you out of here. If you don't like that, there's 54 churches in Kassarok. But I'm not piling them people up. I do not want the blood of innocent man on my hands. Lord has commanded us to be spirit-filled. Less than that is disobedience. Listen, if your life, if that is your life to ignore being spirit-filled, you need to read 1 John and you need to read it out loud so your ears hear what you say. Because in 1 John, it says that if you have constant habitual disobedience, then you are not a Christian. And you know what? Love you. It doesn't really matter what you think. This is critical. True Christian, those whose faith is real, they will not be content to deny the Lordship of Christ. They will not be content of not being filled with the Spirit, and they will not be content to live in their carnal container. It is a command to every believer. And listen, I've had my moments, but one of the things that I learned, and I will tell you that I learned it the hard way, there's only one thing you can do with the command of God, and that is to obey it. Because I've tried. I've tried to sneak around it or tell him I'll pick that up on the other side. And uh, (laughs) he dogs me. It's kind of weird. So filling, what is it? Okay, now I'm going to give you four quick things real quick, and then I'm going to be done because over the next four weeks, I'll explain these things to you. Okay? First, key, crucial. Every Christian possesses the Holy Spirit in his entirety. You don't get a half a tank of Holy Spirit. You have him all. 
Okay, and you don't, oh, my check engine lights on, I better get some more. No, he's there, right? Listen, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian. And I'll explain all this in the weeks to come. Okay, every Christian is permeated by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Every Christian is is under total control of the Holy Spirit. And every Christian is moved along by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that's like I said, over the next few weeks, I'll go through each of these and deal with them and, and show you this is here. This is the fuel we have to just get on down the road. Okay? We can rock and roll the universe. You think about 11, 12 half-hearted men in an upper room overcome by the Holy Spirit. Peter runs out to the temple to the very people who had just crucified Jesus 40 days ago. And he says, you men of Israel who murdered Messiah. And 40 days earlier, he denied him three times. That's the jet fuel that is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Listen. The same Holy Spirit that made the Apostle Paul do those crazy things is the same Holy Spirit that's in every believer of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, that should just cause you want to do some kind of weird happy dance thing. Not intoxicated, but filled with the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for uh, Your Word. Father, the amazing things that are here. Uh, Lord, I thank You for these people. These people who have been with me for so, so, so long. And their patience as I try to explain things that sometimes overwhelm me and I don't even know if I have the words. But yeah, Father, they uh, they stay. Thank you for their perseverance. Father, I pray for each and every person here today that they will understand being filled with the Spirit of God will turn their world upside down, but they will have joy inexpressible. They will have love. They will have peace. They will have patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, under which things there is no law. Oh, Lord, let us shine forth the brightness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. Father, may we fall more and more and more with love with you. With every breath you grace us. May we walk worthy. May we stand. Father, may the joy of our salvation bubble up out of us that we can just give reason for the hope that's in us. Lord, I love you. Thank you. In Christ's name. Amen.